The question of when should a hockey player specialize in a given position is a question that has come up a number of times for me recently. I had a conversation about this with a coach at the rink. Uh, I've seen it come through online a couple of times, and it seems to be something that's, you know, on the minds of a number of different coaches, at least in the circles that I run in. And I run in quite a few different hockey circles. Um, but it seems to be something that coaches are thinking about. And I think it's phenomenal. I think it's fantastic. I think it's, it, it is something that every coach should be thinking about, at least to a degree, and especially at the younger age groups, is, you know, at what point should these players be specializing in their position? So we're going to dive in on this a little bit. I want to throw in my two cents worth with the hope that it may, you know, may help you in some small way, or it may just, you know, give you a different perspective or a new perspective or some talking points that you can have a discussion with, with your coaching staff. And uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully it helps in some, in some small way. At the very least, even if you disagree with me, let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are and how you're doing it, because I think it's always great when we learn from each other as coaches. So let me start by saying, first and foremost, I'm a huge believer and proponent of giving kids the opportunities to develop in multiple positions. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's especially beneficial at the younger age groups. However, I do want to say, I want to set a kid up for experiences in multiple positions, but I don't want to set a kid up for failure in those multiple positions. So for example, if there's a young kid that has just started playing hockey and I go ahead and throw him out on defense, that might not be the best scenario for that kid to develop and for that kid to have an enjoyable experience with defense. Why? Well, because if you make a mistake on defense, it oftentimes results in in a goal, if not in a a scoring opportunity for the other team. Mistakes, the further back you get, same thing with goalie, right? If I throw a newbie in net, well, every single mistake that that new player makes is going to result in a goal against. So that's something to consider. You know, yes, we want to have eventually work towards the opportunity for multiple positions. But when a player is new, in my opinion, they're probably better suited to play forward because if you make a mistake as forward, well, there's still the possibility that your other forwards might bail you out or that your defenseman might bail you out, or that your goalie might bail you out. So there's more room for errors the further away you get from the defensive positions, if that makes sense. So, um, and plus, you know, a position like defense, there's a lot of skill involved with that. You know, to play defense properly, they got to be able to skate forward properly. They got to be able to skate backwards well. They got to be able to pivot, manage the gap. They got to be able to make breakout passes, handle the puck under pressure. And again, any of those that aren't done well will result in goals against. So it's a situation where that would be setting a kid up, a brand new player um, would be setting that kid up for, you know, for a less than fun experience by putting them in the wrong position too early. So in my opinion, I like to start kids out, um, you know, when they're young or inexperienced as forwards. And then as their skills progress, um, then we give them opportunities to bounce around a little bit, you know, to play, play some defense, potentially even play goalie. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. You know, I'm, I'm coming at this from a, a USA hockey perspective. So different things are done in different ways around the world. I recognize that. So within the context of how leagues and things are structured here in the States, that's kind of where I'm basing some of these recommendations on. Now, if you're somewhere else, you know, and they do it a little bit differently. I know every place is slightly different. You know, it's, you're going to see it a little bit differently in Canada. You're going to see it a little bit differently in Russia. You're going to see it a little bit differently in other places, you know, in Europe or wherever else. So just take, if there's something that seems to make sense, take it and adjust it, tweak it to, you know, whatever situation that you're facing as, you know, wherever you're located in the world. Um, but let's start with goalies. 
Oh, sorry, before we get to goalies, the other thing I want to say is if you're bouncing kids around in positions, that's, that's, that's okay. But my recommendation would be let them stay in a given position long enough to get, you know, get proficient at it, to get good at it. So, you know, we don't want to necessarily be changing, uh, you know, game to game, what position, you know, they're center one day, then they're wing the next day, and then they're defense the next day. You know, I'm thinking more in terms of, you know, half a season to experience to get good at defense or even a full season to get good at defense. We'll talk a little bit more about the various, you know, the specific positions um, here in a bit. But uh, that is one thing I would say is don't bounce around so much that the kids can't get good at any position, you know, let them have some time in each position, let them actually learn. That's the point of it, right? So let's start with goalies. Um, should a goalie specialize as a youngster? Well, that depends on the age group. Um, if we're talking U8s, then I would say most likely not. Uh, there are very few opportunities or very few instances where I think that that would make a lot of sense. Um, and I can't remember if I said this earlier, but at the end of the day, any of these recommendations, like, yes, it's good to have a framework that you kind of think through, but at the end of the day, it's really what's going to be best for that player as an individual athlete. So there may be times where you kind of have that framework set up in your mind, your general philosophy, but there may be a situation where there's an exception to that rule. And, you know, whatever's going to make the most sense for the player as an individual, it needs to be considered. Um, so it's, it's good to not box yourself in with hard and fast rules. So anyway, sorry, that was kind of a side note. Let's bounce back into goalies. At U8, this is how I run it. Um, and my U8 is, like I said, USA Hockey, ADM. We're going four-on-four four cross ice games. Uh, we have two practices a week. They're station-based practices. This is a fairly typical structure with the ADM. Uh, ADM, if you're not familiar, stands for American Development Model. And this is kind of what they're pushing for everybody to be doing at, at USA Hockey, um, especially at the younger age groups. So at U8... What I usually do is I say, hey, everybody on the team is going to have an opportunity to play goalie this year. And we rotate through, okay? Um, there may be like, for example, well, this year specifically, we had a kid that said, well, I only want to play goalie. And I said, well, hey, that's great. And I will let you play goalie a lot. I'll let you play goalie more than everybody else. But you still need to learn to skate. You know, the best, the best goalies are also good skaters. Um, in fact, as another side note, my my best skating instructor as a kid growing up in Toronto uh, was a Czechoslovakian uh, guy that that was a goalie. He used to be a goalie. He he wasn't a goalie his whole life. He started as a forward, was a phenomenal skater, um, but then became a goalie later in life and and had a, a pretty solid career in net. But he was a phenomenal skater, great skating instructor, and um, actually demonstrated all of the drills in goalie skates, which is kind of funny, but um, neither here nor there. Anyways, my point is, is every kid needs to learn to skate. So if you box a kid into goalie too young, A, they're not going to reach their full potential as a goalie if they decide to stay with goalie their whole life because they won't have reached the skating abilities that, that would make them a better goalie. But B, if they ever decide they get sick of goalie and they want to try out, they won't be nearly as able to do that um, if they haven't learned to skate and to puck handle a little bit and maybe some basic shooting and stuff. So it helps in a, a number of different ways. Um, if we have a kid that just really wants to be goalie, then what I say that to that player is we'll let you play goalie every other game or every other week. So he'll have an opportunity in net. So he'll practice during that week uh, in net, play the games. We do jamborees. 
um, play the jamboree in net. And then the next week we give it to a different player. And that, that player will go through that week in net, play the games that weekend in net. And then we give it back to the kid that wants to be the goalie for the next, excuse me, for the next week. So every other week that kid is still being able to play net, but he or she is also getting the opportunity to grow, to develop, to do the drills out so they can learn, you know, become functional skaters as well. And then it still does give the, you know, the other players on the team, the opportunity to be goalies. And there's benefits to that as well. Um, you know, anybody who's had a chance to be goalie, even if it's just for a day, has a new respect for their goalie um, afterwards. You know, they're much, much more sympathetic when a bad goal goes in or a soft goal goes in and because they've experienced it. Goalie is a difficult position. Um, it can be a lot of fun, but it's, it's difficult. And there's a, a whole different type of pressure that's on you as a goalie because, like I said before, any mistake you make results in a goal against. So it's, it's a different type of pressure. It's a different type of uh, environment, a team environment. It's, it's, you're down there by yourself for most of the game. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a whole different type of mentality and experience to play goalie. So I think it's fantastic for players to have a chance to, um, you know, to experience that. And at the U8 level, that's what it's all about is giving each kid an opportunity. Now, usually what I do is as we're winding up the season, you know, kind of turn the corner to the last couple of weeks before playoffs, I'll figure out which kid over the course of that season um, kind of showed the most promise in net because at this point it's, we're no longer playing, you know, the last couple of weeks of the season, it's not, it's not as much about development now as it is about finishing strong. So whichever kid was looking the best over the course of the season in net, um, and that may be the one who wants to be goalie, that may not be the one who wants to be goalie. But our job as coaches is to give the, the team the opportunity to finish strong. So when we get to that point, we'll pick the kid that has shown the most promise and we'll let that player ride out the rest of the season in net. And that's not boxing that player in to that position. That's just saying, hey, for the last couple of weeks, you know, of course, if the player agrees to it for the last couple of weeks, we're going to keep you in net and uh, we're going to use you for playoffs in net. And that's that's usually how how I operate that. Um, now, there is one small exception to this. And this is a regional exception for me because here in Utah, um, we don't always have the numbers for it to make the most sense. You know, we sometimes have U8s combined with U6s. In fact, I've got one of my own. My my third kid is six years old. He's playing U8 this year. Now, a U6 is a lot smaller than a U8, even if they're comparable in skill levels. Um, and we've actually got three U6s on my, on my little U8 team. Um, so they were the exceptions <clears throat> this year as we went through. I don't want to put a kid in net that I know won't be a good experience for that kid, right? Because, you know, as a U6, they can't even barely reach the top bar. And you've got U8 kids that are on, you know, the more experienced end that are capable of, you know, picking the top corners and going bar down and things like that. It wouldn't make sense to throw a little tiny U6 because, you know, and that's the other thing. I know, I know that there's a lot of stuff people are recommending, you know, play the intermediate size nets. Not every rink has them. So most of the time we're putting kids into a full size, uh, full size net. Um, so to put a little U6 in the goalie gear and a full size net where he can barely reach the top bar and, you know, and then having them just getting peppered with shots, that's not going to be a situation. That, that would be a situation I would consider setting a kid up for failure. And so, you know, my intent is as these U6s become 
seven and then eight years old, then they will get their opportunity to play goalie. You don't have to have every, you know, every kid have every opportunity to play every position in a single season. You know, there's definitely a time and a place. So we want to set it up where the kids can have the most success. Um, so what we've done, let's, let's move over into, uh, into defense now, defense and forwards. What I usually do in this case is um, actually before we jump there, let me jump back a little bit. At U10 is when you do start seeing specialization. Um, if you have a situation, you know, and this is going to be different from team to team, from location to location, from caliber to caliber. You know, if you get into some of these upper caliber type teams, you do have specialization in, in especially the goalie position. Um, you know, parents have invested, the kids are, have invested, they've decided they want to be goalies, they love it, and um, they're getting quite good at it. And it doesn't make sense to be bouncing kids in and out of net at that, you know, in that situation. Um, however, there may be situations where you've got like a rec team. Um, and there are a couple kids that are, are still interested in goalie and they may even have the goalie gear. And, uh, you know, in a rec environment, you don't necessarily need two goalies. You know, we, you don't necessarily need one goalie sitting on the bench for an entire game. Um, so that might be a situation where they do those, those two kids alternate in and out of net every game. Um, so there are still situations. I think, you know, I do think that I, I like that concept. I just think that when it comes to actually implementing it, it doesn't necessarily make sense at the higher levels. Um, but it does still make some sense at the rec levels. If you've got kids on the roster that are interested in playing goal. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that in, but generally about U10 is when you see people start specializing in the goalie position. Um, and, and being goalies exclusively. I still think that they need to develop their skating and I still think there needs to be ways of that happening. Um, but as far as specializing in a position, it, it, it is going to start happening at U10 for goalies. Uh, let's jump on. Let's jump, jump forward now to defense. Uh, defense requires a decent skill set. You know, the players need to be able to skate forwards and backwards, pivots. They need to be able to handle the puck under pressure, make passes, breakout passes under pressure. There's a lot of skill that goes into playing defense. And, um, you know, so if I have a player who's not quite up to those skill levels, then it's not going to make a lot of sense for me to put him or her back on D. And, um, you know, like I said, just set them up for failure. So with my U8 teams, um, this is kind of how it's gone for me. And it, it has worked well. Usually we start the season out with, um, again, this is going like a four on four type deal. And I know there's different philosophies on how much positioning should be taught at the U8. I'm more of the philosophy of, you know, teaching some basic structure uh, or having some basic structure in mind and then teaching the skills that will be able to support that. So instead of just slapping the puck out and then going and chasing it, I teach them a basic, you know, breakout formation and then teach them the skills that they're going to need to be able to perform that. So puck handling, uh, puck handling with pressure, making a pass, receiving a pass, things like that. So we're getting some of those, you know, that's the, the basic positioning stuff that I want to work on is kind of what I use to determine what the curriculum needs to be as far as what skills we're going to, we're going to work on. So that's kind of a side note again as well there. But uh, what we do is, um, you know, I generally have like at the U8 level, I have my better kids playing what we would consider to be defense, right? They're the better kids that are able to skate. They're the better kids that are able to puck handle. They're the ones that are able to skate the puck behind the net and, and start some of these, you know, basic breakout formations and things like that. And we want our less experienced players to have fun with the game. Again, it comes back to that. So are you going to have fun with the game 
if every time that you get the puck in the defensive corner, you don't have the skills to be able to do anything with it, you just lose the puck and it ends up as a goal against? Or are you going to have more fun if while you're still learning, we teach you how to, you know, get yourself to the front of the net and bang home some rebounds, right? Now, that's not to say that these kids don't eventually learn it, but I'm talking from, you know, even from my own kids' perspective, um, like I said, we've got some, some U6s on our U8 team this year, including my own kid. And while he was still learning, that's what I taught him to do. I said, get to the net with your stick down. You know, anytime um, you see that we've got possession, get to the net with your stick down, start banging home rebounds. And so that, that started happening and he started having a lot of fun scoring a lot of goals like that. And then that's motivating. Now he's working harder. Now he's, you know, going into the offensive corners to dig out pucks and things like that. And as we go through that, um, his skills get better and better and better. And now towards the end of the season, um, his skills and, you know, the skills of a couple of the other kids have improved to the point because we're not just ignoring kids. We're teaching them the skills as they go, but their skills have gotten to the point where they can be effective on defense. And so as that goes, um, you know, we start pulling new kids back to, to try defense during these games. And I should also say as a side note here is um, even the kids that, that we do kind of designate as defensemen, they're getting, you know, they're, they'll play probably two thirds of their shifts on defense. Um, but, uh, you know, they are still getting shifts on forwards during the game as well. So it works out. It has worked very well for, uh, for me over the last few years with the players that I've been working on with my older boy, uh, my older two boys actually. Um, but my oldest specifically is the one I'm thinking about here. He played defense for, uh, the, the last couple years of mites. And then he played defense for both years of squirts. Um, Cause we, we, you know, here in Utah, we don't have enough, we combine age groups. So it's first year and second year squirts, first year and second year peewees, things like that. Um, so sorry, I, I misspoke there when he was a, a first year squirt. Um, so meaning he, he was smaller, a little bit slower than the second year guys, he was playing forward. And then on his second year squirt, when he was the one that was, you know, among the better skaters, among the stronger kids and whatnot, uh, among the fastest kids and the best passers, then I let him play defense again. Um, so we bounce back and forth, or with him at least, I have bounced back and forth, giving him the opportunity to play both positions. But we let him stay for, you know, the better part of a season at a given position so that he can learn it. So now he's very competent. Um, you know, he's a, he's a first year peewee now, but now he's, he's very competent on forward and on defense. You know, he's able to play, play both. Um, I always say anybody can eventually move up to forward and learn forward. It's a lot more difficult to learn to be an effective defenseman. So if you can teach kids to be good defensemen at young ages, and then eventually, you know, if they need to play forward at some point, let them move up. As long as they're paying attention to the chalk talks and things, it's not that hard to pick up, you know, a forward position. It's a lot more difficult to figure out the timing and the gap control and everything else that goes along with being a defenseman. Um, being able to play both actually helped me in my career. You know, it was a situation where when I was a little bit older, um, trying out for junior teams and whatnot. And um, the team I was trying out for thought, you know, I, I looked good enough to, you know, potentially make the team, but it was between me and a couple other players. And um, I think one of the determining factors of the reason why, you know, why they picked me over somebody else was because I could play both forward and D and that allowed them to use me on, um, 
you know, forward most of the time, but then on power plays, I ended up playing some defense um, to quarterback the umbrella. So it was a situation where it ended up working out really well for me. Um, forwards, let's move forward to forward. So uh, let me see here real quick. So like I said, forward is easier to learn. Um, and if, if you can be a good defenseman, you can be a good forward. So don't worry about like, you know, getting behind on learning forward for kids. If you can be a good defenseman, you can jump up and play forward um, at any time. There's only like a couple things to learn. It's a, it's an easier skill set than, than being a good defenseman. And also forward is a great place to hide mistakes. We kind of talked about this earlier. Uh, there was one kid that I coached when he was a peewee, and this was about 10 years ago, uh, maybe longer actually now, um, 12 years ago, I think it was. <laughs> but uh, this kid was like, you looked at him, you say, man, this is a like a natural born defenseman. Um, you know, big, strong kid, great reach, um, potentially be very physical, but he was super unrefined. You know, he didn't, didn't have the skill set yet to be that defenseman that he was kind of built to be. And so what we did was we took him, um, you know, because he was, he was making mistakes and he was getting inside his own head really badly on defense. Like he was, he was scared to zig. He was scared to zag. He'd make mistakes, cost goals. And that just would kind of compound the problem. And he was playing tense and tight. And, um, you know, what, what he was lacking in skill was becoming even worse, even more compounded by the fact that he was inside his own mind so much and just making, you know, he'd let one mistake become two, then three. And uh, it wasn't going well for him. So what we did with him is we moved him up to forward and let him spend, you know, probably the better part of the first half of the season up on forward. And then as his skills and his confidence grew and you could see it happening and as his, you know, his hands, his ability, you know, we still worked with him on the defensive skills and things like that. Um, but in the, you know, he was, he was playing forward. But eventually he got to the point where, you know, he was looking good enough to, to bring him back to D. And when we brought him back to D, all of a sudden it was a completely different experience for him. He was confident. He was playing well. He was physical. He was, you know, using his size to his advantage. He was smooth with the puck. He was making good breakout passes, making good, smart decisions. And he became a, a real stud on defense. But I really don't think that that would have happened if we hadn't have given him a break and played him on forward for that half a season. You know, that half a season gave him the chance to get his skills caught up, to gain his confidence, um, to feel good about, uh, you know, the coaching staff even, you know, that we weren't going to rip his head off. It, it was the first year we had coached him. Um, and I think he had had his head ripped off a few times in previous seasons for, you know, for making mistakes and things. So it kind of just gave him a chance to just kind of hit that reset button. And then when he moved back to defense, he was phenomenal and stayed, stayed phenomenal throughout, you know, high school and whatnot. But uh, it was a situation where he was able to, to use forward as an opportunity to um, get his skills up to par where they needed to be on defense. So that's kind of, I think that that kind of covers most things. Um, as far as forwards, as far as wingers and centermen go, Again, I'm, I'm a big proponent of giving kids the opportunities to do both. They need to understand all the positions. So that, that starts off the ice. It starts with the chalk talks. They need to understand. They need to be able to jump into any position. And, and they might not be like super um, refined in that position, but they should at least have an idea of what's going on. You know, a centerman should at least, or they should at least know that the centerman needs to kind of be the shadow man. I, I always say the second man to every puck. You know, they're, they're supporting the defenseman. When we have the puck in our zone, they're supporting the winger on a board side pass. They're, you know, all that stuff. They're, 
<clears throat> excuse me, they're all over the ice, um, you know, shadowing the puck and providing that middle support. Uh, wingers need to understand that they're, they're grinders, that they're going to be the ones battling in the corners most of the time. You know, there may be a time or two when the centerman does, but generally speaking, they're grinding on the boards on the breakout. They're grinding in the corners on the forecheck. Um, wingers need to be intense, need to have a lot of speed, need to be grinders in front of the net, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then the defensemen need to be able to understand their roles. And if every player kind of has an idea of what the other players are doing, A, it'll make them better at their existing position, but B, it'll make them more um, compatible with each other when they need to change positions. And you never know when that's going to happen. You know, there's always opportunities to give kids a a chance at a different position. That might be when you're in a blowout game. That might be when there's an injury or a sickness or somebody that can't make it to a road trip, you know, and we have to run, um, you know, maybe we have to run with, uh, you know, we have, we're missing a centerman. So we need to pull, pull somebody over to center or pull a defenseman up. If we got more D pull a defenseman up to play center or play wing or move a wing over to center and then put a defenseman on wing. Um, you know, there's always opportunities where there's going to be a chance for mix and match in positions. And, and it's, it's fun to give those players the chance to be able to do it. And it helps them long-term, you know, if we're talking long-term as a player, it's much more beneficial to be able to play multiple positions. If we're talking even longer term and those players want to eventually coach anywhere, whether that be their own kids or whether that be, you know, professionally at some level, same thing. You know, it's, it's much more beneficial if they play, if they paid attention to the various positions at youth. Um, and then of course it makes them better teammates as well. You know, if they understand what the defensemen are, are going through, then they'll be more supportive if a defenseman makes a mistake. If they understand what the goalies are going through and experiencing, they'll be better suited, um, you know, better teammates when the goalie makes a mistake. Or if the defenseman and the goalie understand what, you know, what the forwards objectives are, then they can be better supporting um, players and teammates um, for, you know, for their forward athletes, their forward teammates as well. So a lot of stuff, like I said, there was a lot to cover there, but Ultimately, like I said, it boils down to what's going to be best for the individual athlete and, you know, kind of keep those um, general frameworks that you've developed in your mind as you're kind of making some of these decisions, but always be open to, you know, where, where is this player really going to have the most chance to grow, to develop as a, as a young man or young woman and to have some fun with this game that, that we all love. So, like I said, that's my two cents worth, probably more like four cents worth this time because it's been so long. But uh, that's kind of what, uh, you know, my thoughts on this. And I, like I said before, I would love to hear your thoughts on, um, you know, specializing in, in different positions in the game of hockey. So that's it. We'll be back again soon with more sound bites. Take care.